Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Oh, C-D-R. You know what it is? It's a little something we call a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And a kickoff a brand new week. We're under the tutelage of our general manager. First of all, the new show intro, which I found absolutely delightful <laughs> in a oh, beautiful I was, shot. I wasn't listening. At the woke crowd. It's the Abraham Lincoln Studio from the George Washington Broadcast Center. Oh, gotcha. Love it. Anyway, our general manager is Acquittal. Acquittal is our general manager. Co-general manager, Killer Storm, sweeping across America. I have a feeling most of y'all didn't follow impeachment over the weekend, and good for you. But um, it was super exciting on Saturday. Like, really exciting, and I'll have to explain that later. Um, some interesting twists and turns. The book Anna. will... I'm sorry, I got in the way of your sting. Um... The definitive book will be written of both the uh, the fracas at the Capitol, the aftermath, the impeachment, and the rest of it, and it will be a mind-blowing read. Well, uh, it's funny, Sean and I were just talking about that. I read over the weekend the um, Axios piece, I guess it was, on uh, some of the final days of Trump and when he started arguing. Jeez, I can't believe I'm talking about Trump to kick off brand new week. I know but, it. I know I, it. What's wrong with but this? We'll, we'll, we'll move on in two seconds after I say this. Bob Woodward is working on a book on the final days of the Trump administration, and he, he gets the best. Everybody talks to him because they always know that he'll talk to somebody else that will say what they said, and if they don't want to say what they said, he's going to go with what somebody else says they said. Nah. So, so So he will get everybody to talk. So there will be a Bob Woodward book about all that at some point. Wow, so, that is exciting. I don't know how long that'll take, but that'll be pretty good. But that's you enough know, of that. Uh, yeah, okay. I had one more note, but uh, we got hours. Yeah, we do. We'll go through the whole impeachment thing later, just because, like I said, it was actually exciting. And I, I still don't think it's completely known what happened. Um, it might be a, It might be a while before anybody uh, is honest about that. Yes, indeed, which, you know, brings me to the note that I withheld earlier. Trump still has such enormous support among Republican voters. Everyone must tread carefully Um, in in terms of anything negative, anything uh, critical, uh, anything supportive of Mitch McConnell at this point. It's complicated. Politics is a funny business. So we were off yesterday for President's Day. I think that's the first time we've ever taken President's Day off. Felt a little weird. It did. I mean, I've got all this great presidential trivia I've been inflicting on people for decades now, and I, I had to hold it back. I just uh, bored Judy with it all day instead. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. Did you know about Mildred Fillmore, honey? Joe, please, please stop. Um, no, it's really a great anecdote. He brought an armadillo to the... I'm telling you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I, So I was like a day behind, and I watched 60 Minutes this morning. And um, the story on the solar wind hack is incredible, and we have to go through that also. That's the biggest hack in world history that is still going on around the world, including our Defense Department and all our big high-tech businesses and every level of our government and everything. 
that it probably the Russians were rummaging around in for nine months. Wow. Completely undetected and are still there. And it, it, the only way to get that uh, malware out of there is to destroy the computers. Okay. I was just going to ask because I didn't see it. What do you mean by still going on? It's still uh, mining information or doing damage? Still doing damage, still mining information, still infecting other computers that don't know they have it. Oh no! Traveling around, and the only way to get rid of it is to uh, is to is to destroy the actual computers. It's like a well, it's like kind of like a virus. Boy, haven't haven't we all uh, felt like destroying our computer now and again? Yeah. When the word goes out, the only way we've got to take all these computers and destroy them, you can charge people fifty bucks a head to shotgun a bunch of laptops. Oh, with glee. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want to. This thing was expensive, but if I have to, I'm going to love it. I'm going to smash it into tiny freaking pieces. You want a different password, you son of a... What do you mean it's the wrong password? It's right here. It's right right here. It's the same one I used yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) A little justice. And it's just luck that uh, even caught the fact that it was in in December. Or they'd still be rummaging around um, uh, unnoticed. It's just luck that they got caught. The the story of that's pretty good, too. So we'll have that later. We got a lot of good stuff today. Stuff you probably missed over the, you know, the, I know President's Day weekend, families get together, people travel all across the country to get together and exchange gifts and, and sing oh, President's yeah. Day carols and all that sort of stuff. So. Busts of their favorite presidents, of course, the traditional <laughs> gift. Kids carving them out of Play-Doh, exactly. Making fat Taft jokes. There's so much to enjoy <laughs> for all ages. Uh, the latest on the virus and the vaccines getting out and that giant storm that is actually going to slow down vaccine getting out uh, through a big chunk of the country, which is not good. Anywho, it's teamwork that makes the dream work, and that's why we introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hired this morning, Michael. Hey, I'm doing great. But, oh, I'm out. I'm sore. I had an Abraham... Uh- Lincoln beard on yesterday. I used Gorilla Glue. <laughs> so I'm really hoping the skin grows back because you just have to rip it off like a Band-Aid. It Boy, hurts you, like hell. Aren't you Captain Meme referencing the meme of the day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks painful, Michael. You know, I have not clicked on a single Gorilla Glue hair story, so I don't actually know what happened with that girl. I just have seen like nine different iterations of it in the past yeah. four days. I've just heard references to it. What's going on? I don't know. Perhaps we'll dive into that later. It's the meme economy. Yeah, it is the meme economy. I've been trying to warn you guys. <laughs> There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing well. Uh, ha- happy to give you guys the background info on the Gorilla Glue story uh, whenever you see fit. But uh, I-, I will take my time now because you're going to hear about this at some point today. I figure you should hear it from me, a safe place. Bitcoin is past fifty thousand dollars. I just sure. saw that. I don't Bye. know what that. I don't know what Sell. that means. It's still uh, they're very scary waters, the crypto markets. But uh, but yeah, uh, apparently some other. What's driving this latest uh, more and more quote unquote institutional and big money people are getting uh, dipping their toes into the waters and things like Tesla going to start accepting Bitcoin as payments and. Uh, I think I saw something where Apple is starting yeah. to invest more into it. So so more big players are starting to kind of, quote-unquote, legitimize this thing. Well, and if it's a bubble, you know, if you get in and out at the right time on a bubble, it uh, doesn't matter to you that it's a bubble. Right. Um, but Bitcoin has doubled in seven weeks. Moving up. Yeah. Which is uh, pretty good. It has now got a circulation out there of almost a trillion dollars. There has also been, I believe... Four- which is real money. Four separate times in its history where it has lost 80% of its value. Oof. 
I think it's it's not going to be quite as wildly unstable as it's been in the past for various reasons, but there still is enormous potential to lose a heiny load of money. Sure wish I'd have bought a bunch two months ago. Yeah, no. But you know what you got to do? today before it tanked? Probably not. If you got a little extra cash, here's what you do. This is what I used to do with the market when I was uh, betting on individual stocks, um, which I found takes more time out of my day than I, than I really want to spend. You just carve out a little, little mad money, just a little bit. This is presuming, you know, you got your bills paid and the rest of it. And you can risk that money. You don't do your life savings. You know, you don't do your paycheck. It's just, you know, instead of buying new golf clubs. Swing for the fences, Joe. All right. Swing for the fences. (laughs) Death or glory. Feast or famine. Jump on Reddit. Find out what people are posting about and go all in. Exactly. (laughs) That's good sound advice. Well, that's the problem with investing. The, the really, really super smart way to do it is to start young and wait a really long time. Uh, most people don't <laughs> want to no wait a really fun. long time. No, most people don't want to wait a really long time. Yeah, boo. Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> boo, waiting a long time. Sucko. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. It's Tuesday, February 16th, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. After the show, Positive Sean and I are going to put our heads together and start a website called The Motley Jackass and give bad (laughs) stock advice. But first, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. Chicken. I see all different types of opportunities to celebrate this Valentine's Day. Like, let's go over here and take a look at this bouquet of beef sticks. Fried chicken bouquets. They include six chicken tenders, mini carnations, herbs, baby's breath, and buttermilk lime dressing. A bouquet made of Chick-fil-A nuggets and waffles. <laughs> I would happily receive, of course, nobody's getting me a bouquet, but I would happily receive a chicken tender bouquet. Yeah. With I'm dipping sauces. food bouquet in general. With some dipping sauces? That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Boy, get to it soon, though. You don't want it to just sit on the table all day long. I like flowers, but I like meat better. <laughs> And we understand that's part of a much longer uh, montage of various food bouquets. Yes, exactly. We, we can we can get I'll, the uh, director's cut later on. How does look the forward to that. how does the bag of mail look? Oh, it's outstanding. It's like a balanced meal. The protein of ideas, the the tanginess of humor, the apple pie of insight. The fact that a lot of the hardcore left was really disappointed that the Democrats caved on Saturday, I thought was so interesting. Um. I thought it was just cynical all the way around. Both sides showed themselves to be incredibly cynical. We have a very cynical government. Everybody's just about what's strategizing for the next election. Nobody's actually worried about the country or their party or the future or anything. Nobody. Nobody in America. I would disagree if I did. <laughs> anyway, more on that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it started out down a dirty road. How you doing? How's life? How's things going? Get the vaccine yet? <laughs> no. No? I remain unvaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, craziness at the impeachment. Craziness in our computers. All the windmills that uh, were powering Texas froze shut, and millions have no power. Whoops. Mm. All 
All sorts of big stuff going on. We'll bring it to you. Mailbag. You can write us, don't you know? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about, you can send along the link. You want to register an opinion. Uh, complaints? Not so much. No interest. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day. And I'm going to go with a series from the great Frederick Douglass. And I'll tell you why. I was inspired by uh, a piece that I just read. I have it around here somewhere by a young black man, very impressive gentleman, who points out that Black History Month has been entirely cleansed of any black conservatives. It is it has become less a history month than an indoctrination month, in his opinion. But having said that, uh, Frederick Douglass, the great American, uh, and you should read Frederick Douglass' Self-Made Man by Tim Sandifer, and your kids should, too. It's a great book. Here's your quote. It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And I would point out that we are breaking our children right now with the school policies. Oh, yeah. We got a lot lot more on that. The fight goes on on opening schools. God, now there's serious talk of schools not opening next fall, which is just amazing to me. Next fall? Yeah. Not fully open. This could be the end of public schools in America. Maybe it ought to be. I'd love it to be. I really would. Anyway, for reasons that I will explain in a bit. Uh, Mike in Arkansas writes, Good morning, guys. Relying on you to keep me warm with laughter. As my day starts, it's minus 13 outside. Wow. I have no idea what the wind chill is, but it'll be a long, cold day of picking, uh, fulfilling my garbage man duties all day in a truck with no door on my side. I love it. <laughs> Wind chill is a scam anyways. Don't tell me what the temperature is and then tell me what it feels like. What it feels like is the temperature I'm concerned with. That's spoken like a man who's never almost lost digits well, in a that, Midwestern winter. Actually, what you're saying is wind chill is the temperature. Yeah, don't the tell me. The regular temperature is the scam. Yeah, that's oh. the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, 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 this too old, but it actually it feels like it's negative. Well, tell me just what it feels yeah. like, because that's what I need to dress for. Having worked outdoors a lot, yeah, the whole it's t- too below. No, 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 no. Where I'm standing right here, where you can barely stand up, it is not too below. It is 35 below. What's the coldest city in in Mississippi? Too below. How do you like that? It's like a child's joke. Fantastic. That's really young child. (laughs) (laughs) I see your point, though, Sean. If indeed I'm I'm liable to lose my cheeks from the wind chill, then it's that cold. Interesting. Moving along, as always, your team is a shot in the arm, right, Shelley? I wish the entire world was tuned into you guys. Me too. You truly <laughs> dose of good medicine in a sick world. Just when you're on the verge of giving too much hard news, you meander off into funny voices, innuendos, and weird little blah blah. Makes your show so freaking fantastic. Very Thank nice you to say. Much. We have a short attention span, is the thing. Uh, moving along, Heather writes, guys. Hope you had a great long weekend. The kids here in my town had a crappy one. After being told they'd be back in the classroom on Tuesday, kids and teachers had the rug pulled out from under them. The teachers' unions are destroying our education system. And she sent along a a video from a parent who is literally at the end of her rope. She is on the verge of breaking down. She's a single mom, been trying to manage that. She thought her kids were finally going back to school. And then for completely phony political reasons, she finds out at the 11th hour, no, they're not. It's really something. Yeah, we got a good text last week because, you know, uh, the, the Biden administration has thrown this new ventilation wrinkle into it to try to slow down opening schools. 
Right. It's a question of equity, don't you know? And we got a great text from somebody who says, my wife teaches at an old school in an, in an urban area that's ventilation system is old and crappy and practically doesn't exist. They've been open since August. They've had no problems. Right. Right. It's that phony. I should be back up. in school. I agree with you, sweetheart. K-S-T-K-F-Y-O-G. Keep screwing the kids for your own gain. Uh, Heather, thanks for the note. Tom wants to know, uh, I was flipping, well, he says, I was flipping through some shows from 2017. Cool to do a comparison. I'm wondering whatever happened to Just Like Mama's Milkshake, Sean's catchphrase. He never <laughs> says that anymore. Well, that is, was... it a, is it a licensing thing? You only say it when you're contracted to, like, I'm going to Disneyland? No, that, that was my catchphrase if I were to make it to the uh, to, to be a sports center anchor, which was my goal as a, as a young, sure. like, junior high high schooler. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, you know, I'm not talking up uh, sports highlights, so so I don't I don't drop it. You, but you, if there's a big giant home run or dunk or something like that, you hit everybody with a just like Mama's milkshake. Uh-huh. That's a decent catchphrase. <laughs> I wish we had more time for this. We'll devote a bit uh, later on. But uh, the always interesting Kevin from Placerville, California, uh, points out. He says I can't help but comment on the egregious guidance put out by the CDC, which if followed would effectively keep schools shuttered indefinitely. And he compares and contrasts two maps, one of schools already open full-time and those open uh, hybrid style, compared to the CDC guidelines, how many schools would be open under them. And the long story short is many tens of thousands of schools that are wide open would have to shut down again, even though they're functioning perfectly. That is unbelievable. Well done, Kevin. And should be a crime. Impeachment! Did you hear the story? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Trump is still liable for everything he did while he was in office. As an ordinary citizen. Unless the statute of limitations is run, still liable for everything he did while he's in office. Didn't get away with anything yet. Yet. We have a criminal justice system in this country. We have civil litigation. And former presidents are not immune from being accountable by either one. So that was the end, more or less, of a really interesting day on Saturday that I would assume a lot of you didn't follow with the impeachment. I'll try not to make this too long, and I'll try to make it uh, interesting and not get bogged down with technicalities or names you don't need to know. But that was Mitch, Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Republicans in the Senate, after the voting had happened. He voted no, but then got up there and just absolutely blistered the president and hinted that you know the courts might be coming for this guy, and they can, and they and 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 they will. So don't think he got off uh, or anything like that, which is really interesting. Yeah, putting um, aside the criminal justice analysis of it, uh, McConnell is clearly signaled. Yes, I I see the polls and Trump support, but I'm taking back the party. So whether he's doing that for his own good, uh, he's a pretty old guy, or if he thinks that really is what needs to happen for the Republican Party, he has squarely declared his opposition to the Trump crowd. So we went through the week as we did with impeachment, and we talked about it here, and I assume you followed that. And it all looked like it was going to wrap up on Saturday, and all the news outlets were reporting that they were going to come out on Saturday. They were going to 
um, uh, do their closing arguments, then they would vote, and it would probably be over by early afternoon, and everybody knew what the result was going to be, and I figured it wasn't really worth paying attention to or tuning in. Then on Friday night, a story broke that centered around this woman, uh, Jamie Herrera Butler of Washington, who's a representative, who released a statement saying she was uh, aware of a phone call between Kevin McCarthy and Donald Trump. This story broke on Friday night. And in the phone call, well, I'll just read her statement. During the melee at the Capitol, Kevin McCarthy, who's like hunkered down, you know, worried the crowd was going to bust in and, and kill them all, <laughs> uh, was hunkered down trying to get a hold of the president to have President Trump call off the dogs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were trying to get a hold of Trump, but Kevin McCarthy actually got a hold of him. When Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy finally reached the president on January 6th and asked him to publicly and forcefully call off the riot, the president initially repeated the falsehood that it was Antifa that had breached the Capitol. McCarthy refuted that and told the president that these were Trump supporters that are in the Capitol right now. That's when, according to McCarthy, this uh, Herrera woman says, according to McCarthy, that's when the president said, well, Kevin, I guess these people are more upset about the election than you are. Ooh, and, and McCarthy's... Like, he's, he's sequestered in the Capitol at that yeah. moment? Yeah! Like, to, hiding. To, yes, to which Kevin McCarthy uh, replied, Who the F do you think you're talking to? <laughs> which I don't exactly know what that means. I think that just means a uh, guy's really exasperated and angry that your response was, Well, Kevin, I guess they just care more about the election than you do. Well, I, if this report is true, and it's you know worth observing that these people always seem to come out like, inexplicably late in the process, like the infamous slanderous Kavanaugh hearings or whatever. So, you know, uh, again, if this is true. Well, Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy has done, not denied it. He wouldn't answer any questions. Oh, okay. Well, that's that means something. But I could see him thinking, number one, I'm the number one Republican in the People's House. But number two, I've been supporting you like crazy all the way. Who are you? Who the F do you think you're talking to? I'm Kevin McCarthy. I'm with you. Yeah. So all of a sudden, this story breaks on Friday night, and there were calls from the left of the Democrat Party. Well, we got we to gotta call witnesses then. Both parties had agreed not to call witnesses, which right there kind of uh, is a tip that, this is not quite as serious as uh, as it's being made out to be. If you're all are super serious about these investigations and impeachments, you'd actually bring witnesses forward. You'd be willing to take however long it takes to get to the bottom to get to the truth. Right. But it's anyway, a statement that you're going through the motions. Uh, but both sides agreed no witnesses. Well, there was a lot of push from the left to call witnesses on uh, Friday night. And she said, uh, this rare woman said she'd be willing to testify under oath. And they thought, well, we got to at least call her and then start calling other people and then try to call McCarthy and then try to call whoever. Okay, so this kind of burbled around in the news um, for uh, a while. But still, the word on the street was, no, there are not going to be any witnesses called. Then all of a sudden, I see this alert show up on my phone. This is when I tuned in. Wall Street Journal breaking news. This was on Saturday morning. The Senate has voted to call witnesses in Trump's impeachment trial, ending expectations that proceedings would end today. Holy oh. cow, what is going on here? So what happened here, 10 minutes before they were going to stand up there and give their uh, closing arguments and wrap the whole thing up, Democrats decided to uh, call for a vote on whether or not there were going to be witnesses. 10 minutes before. So the Republicans had no idea. They thought it was wrapping up. We're going to win. It's going to be over. Wow. So the Democrats get up there and say, we uh, we want to have a vote on whether or not there are witnesses. They have the vote. Obviously, they have the power because they got the 50 votes plus one to, to make anything happen. Uh, so they got the 50 votes. And some Republicans voted yes, including 
after the voting happened, Lindsey Graham asked to change his vote from no to yes. Huh. And the Republican got up there and said, okay, you want to call witnesses? You want to call witnesses? We're going to call 100 witnesses. 100 witnesses. And we're going to drag this thing out for months. And everybody started going, rrr, 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 and there was talking everywhere. And announcers on all the cable news channels had no idea what was going on. None of the Now, s- who, who said that? Was it one of the lawyers? Yeah, or? one of, one of okay. Trump's defense okay. lawyers. We're going to all call right, 100 witnesses. And I, I think that's what <laughs> Lindsey Graham's yes vote was about. Oh, yeah, witnesses? I'm all on board for witnesses. Let's have as many witnesses as we can get. So then everybody was just muttering and yelling and talking and walking around and waving Point of order, arms. Point of order. And it was really hard to tell what the hell was going on. Then um, uh, Senate leader Schumer calls for some sort of procedural vote or something like that. And luckily, the cable news channel I was watching, the person is smart enough to realize when they call a vote like that, that is to kill time so everybody can figure out what's going on and get their act together. That's, oh. that's a stalling technique. So a lot of times when those votes happen, that's a, we don't really know what happens next either. We need to get together and confer on this. I'm calling for a vote on having iced tea for lunch. <laughs> wow, so it's just a stalling tactic. Yeah, so a lot of times when you see those huh. votes, that's what's going on, which was kind of an interesting nugget to me. Wow. Anyway, there's some stalling, there's some wrangling, there's a little recess and everything like that. They come back, and the Democrats announce we're going to read... Ms. Herrera's statement into the official record, we, uh, we, we take away, we rescind our uh, request for witnesses. No witnesses. Mm. And the Republicans say, us too. And then they have the vote, and it is over. Trouble wow. And everybody's like, okay. what happened? What the hell just happened? Why no witnesses? Um, that's still an open question. Uh, that is not known for certain. Now, so everybody immediately went to the cable news channels and the various reporters. The... Managers on the uh, House side, the, the Democrats who are trying to, um, you know, get Trump convicted, or in theory, were trying to get Trump convicted. They they said, well, the Republicans made it clear that no matter what we did, we weren't going to be able to get their votes, so there was no point in dragging this out. Those stubborn, evil Republicans will support Donald Trump no matter what horrible thing he does. I think that's a load of crap. In that, if you had had her come out and grabbed a couple of more witnesses that backed that up on Saturday night. That congresswoman said, I would like any more patriots out there with any more information to come forward and do your patriotic duty and say what you saw and heard on that day. I think you'd have had at least a few people come out of the woodwork, and then you could get a cascading effect. And I, I even think her testimony alone could have changed. What you needed to change was public opinion. These cowards right. only vote whatever the public opinion is back home. And I think public mm-hmm. opinion would have moved on that testimony, and I'd have think you'd have gotten a few more votes. And at the very least, well, let me read from the Washington Post, one of the takeaways in the Washington Post, because a lot of people on the left were really unhappy with the way this turned out. Um, It was, let me find the headline here. Keeping in mind while you're looking for the headline that if they couldn't get a conviction, they wanted to tar the Republicans with an acquittal. So I guess there was a push and pull among Democrats. All right, which one of these are we doing? Are we doubling down on actually trying to get a conviction? Or are we still trying to tar them with the acquittal oh, by, yeah. by going through the right. motion? And the acquittal won the day. Clearly, Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi, and I think probably the Biden White House, said, whoa, 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 no witnesses. Wrap <laughs> this up today. This needs to be over today. Because even yesterday on the Sunday, or Sunday on the Sunday talk shows, and today, and yesterday, news channels were already on to the stimulus conversation, to the vaccination conversation, to all the other conversations that the Biden White House wants to have. So right. the leadership said, no, 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 no. Wrap this up today. 
Um, I liked the uh, couple of the headlines I saw from the Washington Post. Democrats passed on even really trying. It just doesn't speak to the idea that this was the worst high crime in American history. Right. You can't simultaneously say this is the worst thing any president has ever done. Eh, but we don't really feel like we ought to take a month to call witnesses. Yeah, and, witnesses. Uh, it's so time can testimony. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Let's just vote. That is an astounding non sequitur. I think it is so cynical by both sides, so incredibly cynical by both sides. The the Republicans used a lot of cover of you can impeach somebody once they're out of office, never getting to the actual question of is Trump to blame for the riot, which Mitch right. McConnell got up there. Their leader got up there. Mitch McConnell got up there and said he's absolutely to blame. They were walking around with your flags. You're the one that started to this. You're the one to blame. It is on you, Mr. President, that this happened. So the leader of Bullshit. the Senate said it was oh, on him. Oh, Mr. President, sir. So the Republicans used the cover of this would be a bad move because we'd set a precedent that wouldn't be good. The Democrats yeah. said, well, well we- that's, not, that's in, not entirely hollow. I mean, there are plenty of serious legal scholars who think the same thing. It has the convenience of getting them off the hook, I will admit that. Right. And then the Democrats go with, well, the Republicans are so evil, and they'll follow Trump to the ends of hell, so there's no point of even trying to call <laughs> witnesses, which is amazingly cynical. Nobody yeah. took this seriously. Nobody. Yet we went yeah. through it. And that's two impeachments in a row. Two impeachments that have happened that nobody really took seriously. It's a Why? hell of a move uh, to 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 impeach a president when you're not actually in it to try to figure out what happened. So now they're Back talking to performative about, politics, right? Yep, exactly. Just just making a show of something. We're not actually going to do anything. So Nancy Pelosi's calling for some sort of blue ribbon style investigation and everything like that. Ben Shapiro tweeted out, and I think he was exactly right. He said, "You know, you could have done that. That's what the impeachment could have been. It could have been a full <laughs> investigation of what happened in the House." Before you wrote the articles of impeachment and then passed it to the Senate, if you were serious about this as a crime, if it's the worst thing anybody's ever done, then take your time and do it right. But nobody was serious about it at any level. I want to both disagree with Ben and agree with him. Oh, I'm looking at the time. We probably ought to take a break. The the disagree part is politics. Well, the agree part is obviously the impeachment of Nixon, for instance, was that. It Absolutely. was a thorough, thorough, many weeks long investigation. That was a different time. Right. Witnesses on both sides. It was a serious endeavor. So he's right. On the other hand, as you were hinting, during these times of, of ridiculous performative cable news kabuki theater politics, the idea of doing the serious work in a bipartisan way and taking as much time as it takes, please. If I'm a, if I was a Democrat, I would have been so angry on Saturday. I would have agreed with the Washington Post. You caved. You absolutely caved. Just you didn't actually care about this. Just oh, so ab- I can't. I thought there there was a period there on Saturday morning where I thought he's actually going to get convicted. They're going to call witnesses. It's going to move the needle enough public opinion wise. You wouldn't have to move it very far. Because they got what seven Republicans. You just got to get ten more. Wouldn't have had to move it very far. And he's going to. But nope. No witnesses. So right, there you go. Right. It ends yeah. without any testimony. You know, they were picturing a scenario wherein we're in the middle of June listening to the White House gardener testified to the eight words he overheard as the president was shouting into the phone and how just about, dragging on and on. How about Mitch McConnell saying the president hasn't gotten away with anything yet? That's a heck of a statement from the that is a, uh, leader well, of the Republican Senate. That was quite well, something. 
circling back to my original comment, Mitch has declared we need to drag the Republican Party back away from Trump. I don't know. How do you read it? Text line 415-295-KFTC. Uh, for better or worse, at least it's over. It's over, over. Thank God it's over. Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There's some really good COVID news. There's some scary as hell possible COVID news. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. I don't want any more bad news. Sprawling storm brutalized much of the U.S. I'm sure you know this in certain parts of the country. Judy and I were traveling. A tale I will tell in a little bit. We decided to do this epic road trip. Um, uh, to, to little D's starting her, our, our youngest daughter, her adult life, getting her first apartment solo and the rest of it. And she had a bunch of stuff at home. So we decided to load up the dog and do a road trip and, and kind of figured we looked at the weather, thought, Oh, we'll be fine if we do this. Turns out the, the giant killer storm chased us across the entire country. Literally. It was very exciting. It was like being in an action movie, getting up like way pre dawn and doing 85 miles per hour east to try to stay ahead of the, the snow and ice that was paralyzing the country. But, uh, it snowed in Houston. How often it does that was, happen? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Six inches fell in Austin, Texas, the most in 55 years, I can tell you that. Wow. Millions of Texans are without electricity, partly because of the snow and ice, partly because the windmills froze. Um, so much for wind power. You know, between solar, and I don't know if you know this, Jack, but the sun doesn't shine at night. Mm. And we've got about one, one trillion of the... Actually, it does, but... Uh... Well, okay. Not All on, right. Not on there you. There is no dark side of the moon. Mm. Whatever. Right? It does not shine on me. All right. Fine. Sean, slap him. Uh, anyway, uh, the sun doesn't shine at night, and we have about one one trillionth of the battery capacity we need mm. uh, to store the power overnight. And then uh, windmills don't work when it's not windy or when it's brutally Still cold in Texas. Still not following you. Yeah. <laughs> it was minus 38 in Hibbing, Minnesota. Uh, one meteorologist but pointed out it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's true. It's snowing in Houston. It's going to be raining in Pennsylvania. When does that ever happen? Uh, the storm also disrupted vaccine distribution. And Michael, does clip number one need any setup? Really? Um, not really. This is the people running towards the. Va- He's just telling the story of it. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Let's play it. clip number one. Yeah. As we started to run, we weren't running that many people around us. And then uh, as we got closer, just people just started streaming out of the woodworks. And then it was like an absolute mad dash toward the end. There were just tons of people running across fields and stuff. It was, it was a dash. It was sort of like those post-apocalyptic movies where you have to see like, people in the, the streets just running. And then people are like, why are they running? And then they look up and like, oh, no. It was like that, but we were all running forward. All right. So, Michael, what the heck was that? That is some college students um, who got the vaccine. Apparently, they had freezers that, of course, due to the power outage, were carrying the uh, the vaccine, and it had to be distributed or it was going to go bad. So they were finding anyone they could to vaccinate, and I guess mass crowds just started running towards the doctors. They just started injecting everybody. Wow. 5,400 okay. people got vaccinated, which made me think, why can't they do this you know, quicker? Look at how fast that was. Well, they could is the thing. What but, about equity? Yeah, Michael? what about equity? Don't you care about equity? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well. So, so anyway. people are running across fields to be to get there in time to get jabbed in the arm. 
Yeah. Man, if you wanted to put on a lab coat and grab a syringe or something, you could get a whole bunch of people jabbed if you wanted to. Start oh, a- yeah. And there's part of me, as an old guy, it's just part of me, but there's a bit of a survival of the fittest thing going on there, huh? <laughs> look, look, there's only enough antelope meat for five people. It's over there. Go! And, you know, the strongest survive. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I got this note from uh, my old uh, golf buddy, Jim, who's a uh, Cal Unicornian, but he says, hey, Joe, Jim, writing to you from the Lone Star State. Uh, curious if your listeners are truly aware of how paralyzed the people of Texas are at the moment. And this, this happened, by the way, like four hours after we got through Texas. Uh, we got stuck here after one of his son's golf tournaments and may not get out now until Friday or Saturday. Wow. We had to switch hotels twice because of power outages. We finally chose a courtyard near a hospital on our third try, hoping the power grid was safer next to a hospital from the rolling brownouts. Uh, so far, so good, but man, it's ugly. So you got that giant storm. There are hundreds of thousands of people without power in Oregon. Uh, several people got killed by a crazy tornado in North the, or in North Carolina last night. Yeah, I just heard about that. And these are yeah. different storms. So just Mother Nature is angry with us for some reason. Um, the sodomy, probably. Probably. All the sodomy. Probably. Yeah. God, God is very unhappy with us. Well, as always, though, every bit of weather will be described as proof of climate change. Right. Cold, heat, wind, lack of wind, rain, drought, snow, and heat waves. All proves that we need to upend our economy to deal with it. More windmills, which are currently frozen. Sorry. Good news and bad news on COVID, among other things, on the way. Armstrong and Getty.